The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, October 24th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, it is a Wednesday as we look ahead to week eight of the NFL and fantasy football season. We're halfway home in fantasy football. How you feeling, Scotty? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, there's not a lot out there on the waiver wire, even though we got four teams on by. You know, searching through the free agent list last night, it seems like everybody being aggressive in the last few weeks has kind of like uh, made the free agent list a little bit more desolate. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, here's the other thing on that, you know, and I guess, uh, to be honest, it's a positive thing, right? But there's usually big waiver runs and big waiver dollars spent when there are big injuries. And honestly, last week, I think the biggest injuries were, you know, Shady McCoy and Sony Michelle. But the question is, really, are you going to spend that kind of priority or money on a guy like Kenyon Barner or on a guy like Chris Ivory? Yeah, there's the people like Jalen Richard, but they were probably, to be honest, a lot of people already swapped up Marlon Mack was already you know swiped up so I think uh with people listening to Roto Experts in the morning listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network we're helping them win their leagues and win their cash and so you know it's slim pickings out there and remember with the buys with injuries don't forget for the waivers that do run 
who gets dropped in some leagues because one man's trash may be another man's treasure. Don't forget to get ahead of the game like we are talking about. Go on over to rotoexperts.com, get the exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package, enter the promo code the King at checkout. You get ranks, you get the Slack chat, you get Corey Parsons' blog entry, and a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about George Kurtz's latest article, which is the Fantasy Trading Guide, okay? Who to buy low on, who to sell high on, because listen, it's the trading deadline in the NFL. You may be able to take advantage of that. It's also nearing the trading deadline, depending on your league. I know in my big longtime dynasty league, Scott, so the, the, the buyers and the sellers have emerged. People are trading draft picks. Bad teams are trading their only assets for draft picks next year. It becomes an arms race sometimes at this point of the season. Let me ask you that, though, first, before we dive in. Scotty, in like long-time kind of dynasty leagues where draft picks are involved and stuff like that, one, you can never veto a trade that involves the draft pick, right? Because like you don't really um, know what the owners are thinking. One team may be a buyer, one team may be a seller. So a trade that looks really crazy on his face could be exactly what even the seller needs, right, Scott? Well, there's always going to be vetoes, and people do it for different reasons. You know, you hear some hosts say on this channel that, uh, I don't want a certain team getting better or whatever, right. but it's it's really it, no. You, people have different perceptions of draft picks. You know, obviously, it's uh, you, if you're going to trade a first rounder for somebody, it's a lot different than a fifth rounder. You know, I was actually trying to make a d- dynasty trade last night to upgrade from Matthew Stafford, a quarterback, and uh, talking with with a guy who wanted Ben. I wanted Ben Roethlisberger off of him, and I have offered him like Matthew Stafford and. Uh, like a fourth rounder for like Ben Roethlisberger in his seventh rounder. And he kept coming back to me and wanting a first round pick. And I said, I'm not spending a first round pick. I want the upgrade at the quarterback, but I'm not spending a first rounder to get Roethlisberger. Yeah, no, I hear that. In my longtime dynasty league, Scott, I am actually six and one and like in first place by a lot. And I am worried about I got a great roster, but I am worried about other teams, you know, mortgaging their future to try to go up and compete with me. I mean, Antonio Brown just got traded in this league, you know, yesterday. Uh, it was like Antonio Brown uh, and a seventh and a ninth for like a third and a fourth next year, you know. So, I mean, teams are making their moves to try to come up and catch me, but I digress. The teams in the NFL are also making moves. Remember, the trade deadline is next week on Tuesday, October 30th. Uh, For a number of reasons, you need to know about that. One is people will be on the move. We're starting to see more deals. We saw a lot more deals than usual last year, so it could be a sign of the way executives are doing things. But also... We got to find out that might be right after, you know, right after that, maybe when Le'Veon Bell walks in the door. We'll see about that. But what well, well, two quick happen. points on what you said, though. Uh, number one, uh, you know, about the trading in your dynasty league. It's it's just like everybody's chasing you. I don't worry about what other moves teams make, you know, especially yep. if I'm ahead. You can't control that. You only worry yep. about your own team. As far as Le'Veon Bell, you know, I got two questions on Twitter yesterday sure. and one of the Roto Experts exclusive edge Slack chat room about should I trade for Bell and like why? You just you don't want to deal with it at this point. It's it's you know it's a mess. We don't know when he's going to report. When he's going to report, how effective will he be? Because maybe he can miss ten weeks. So right. uh, just just leave the situation alone. It's like I know people still see the name and you know they may want to acquire Levy on Bell, but 
Yeah, he he might not even he might not even have a significant role to like week eleven or twelve. Basically, at this point, we're looking at possibly lost season for Le'Veon Bell. Fantasy, I hear you because you got you got thirteen thirteen weeks of a fantasy regular season. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. I think the biggest thing is going to be like you know for those James Conner owners, you know who have had James Conner and enjoyed him all year, that it might compromise that right as you go into the playoffs. That's well, a good point. That's a good point you know, because you know I have Connor on one of my teams, but right. you know you got to have. Th- that's why you got to have some depth behind him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you probably thought James Connor was depth originally when you drafted him, and now he's become an RB one for you. And on my dynasty league, you know, everyone is going to try and shoot at the king. What I might do is just be preemptive, Scott, and make another make a big time dynasty kind of move myself, almost to like just create such a bigger gap that teams are like, oh man, it's not even worth it to try and go up to him. You know, something like that. I'm in talks to be quite honest to acquire Mister. E- Ezekiel Elliott um, for, you know, some scraps and some potential dynasty assets. But I digress. The Saints. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, listen, I'm already stocked, you know, but I I almost just want to deter other people from even trying, even attempting, you know, to get after me. Because at this point, my RB2 was Sony Michelle. Uh, So, uh, you know. Maybe pairing Zeke Elliott with, you know, Pittsburgh running back will work out well with my team that has Patty Mahomes at quarterback, Zach Ertz at tight end, and I'm riding out with DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Evans at wide receiver. So I'm pretty well-rounded, shall we say. But I digress. The Saints have traded for Eli Apple. They give up a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick in a future year. Listen, here's the thing. I was hearing reports that the Saints wanted to add at cornerback. I was hearing reports that the Saints were interested in Patrick Peterson. Then I heard reports that Patrick Peterson wasn't going to go anywhere. The Jets were interested. The Saints, other teams as well. Here's the thing, Scott. You think Eli Apple is really a good enough uh, plan B when you were looking for Patrick? Patrick Peterson, obviously they're looking for something opposite uh, Lattimore because Crowley has been getting torched in the last few games. Is this a move directly to try to answer, A, the Minnesota Vikings and the miracle last year, and B, the, uh, the, the greatest show on surf, the Rams, who they feel they probably might see in the playoffs, so they need to some way to be able to cover that trio of great wide receivers in L.A.? On the first one, no, they're not going to make a move based on a playoff game from last ah, year. That was it, more of a joke. It, yeah. it, it, was a, it was a safety that missed the tackle. But, yeah, I think they realize if they want, they want to be a true contender, just like their secondary is just, you know, not good, period. You know, I, maybe they are thinking about the Rams down the line, but, uh, you know, it's just they, they – that that's really a sore spot in their secondary, and Apple's been much maligned. But he was he was playing better this season, so you know you can't worry. You can't get Adrian Peterson. You can't get him. You you have to move on. Patrick to Peterson. Else. Patrick Peterson. Patriot. Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. but I digress. Okay, Adrian. <laughs> Adrian Peterson is a former saint as well. You know, I do think it's interesting, and I do think, you know, I was a little bit joking because uh, they played this week in Minnesota. Remember, they had the miracle with Stefan Diggs in the playoffs last year. To be honest, Williams, that guy, he actually had a good rookie year, except for that, like, that one play. But 
Yep. That's another topic for another day. But what do you think about that other that second piece, Scotty? I mean, listen, this, the Rams are seven and zero. The Saints right now, although it's very, it's far too early to talk about seeding and stuff like that. But the Saints are, you know, only two losses or one loss, excuse me. And when you look at the NFC East, you see a bunch of teams that are beating each other up. Nine or maybe nine wins, ten wins certainly should be able to get it done in the East. Nine wins might get it done in the East. And when I look at the North, to be quite honest, Scott, as well, we've talked about this. We've kind of batted around like, uh, you know, could the Bears win the division? Could the Packers? Could the Vikings? You know, Detroit, you know, is also 500 right now. My point being that in the East and in the North, those teams, I think, are going to beat each other up. I, and it looks the way right now, it looks in the NFC at least, that the buys will come from the Rams and whoever wins the NFC South, whether that be the Panthers or the Saints. So the Saints are potentially on a collision course with the Rams. Do you think it's a smart idea to kind of like look ahead at the teams you think you have to beat? I know teams, you know, in the AFC have done that, like thinking about how like we need a guy that can cover Gronk because we're going to see the Patriots, you know, that sort of thing. Do you think, um, you know, I know teams in Major League Baseball, for example, are like, oh, uh, we need some lefties to combat this guy that we're going to see in the playoffs, you know, that sort of thing. Do you think the Saints might be looking ahead that way because, you know, they see the Rams standing in front of them and the uh, NFC title? I think it's part of it, but I think uh, the the bigger bigger part of it is, is that just it's something they need to fix no matter who they face. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Another thing that needs fixing, the New York Jets. They've had a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position. They signed yesterday former Tennessee Titan Richard Matthews. Scotty, I mean, we were talking last week. One of our kind of names to watch was Jermaine Curse uh, to potentially fill in. He got squadoosh uh, last week. So where do you think Richard Matthews now fits into this wide receiver room for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets? And is he at, at all or will he be in a couple weeks? Uh, fantasy relevant. Uh, you know, he was injured, then he got cut, etc. But he does have some experience, and, uh, you know, maybe there's something to, to watch here for the Jets, but I can't imagine a situation where he would be fantasy relevant. Okay. Uh, so we'll keep our eye out on that. It still looks like. It's a desperation you know, sign. Okay. So who 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 is your, you know, when you have your week ranks that come out later on this week on RotoExperts.com, who will be your highest jet wide receiver? Because, you know, Inunua's still banged up. Robbie Anderson is kind of boomer bust as a deep guy, and we don't know if um, Darnold is really throwing deep as much. There's still Curse there. There's now Matthews. There's, I guess, Terrell Pryor there as well. I know you have, a, you have eyes for the rookie tight end Herndon, but that's kind of a deep league stash and someone to just keep an eye on right now. Um... Who no, you think is? You think you would pick? You would pick him up right now? Yeah, I recommended in my waiver column on Roto Experts. All right, I so think, I think especially with bye weeks coming up, you know, you want to have a you and tight end being the way it is. Uh, I think you got to yeah. take a crack because he's he's got to step up. I mean, he's getting the opportunity to step up. He's taking advantage of it. The last two games, you know, as far as the Jets go, probably Curse will be ranked the highest. Then you got Robbie Anderson, who probably about 10, 15 spots lower, and, you know, that's it. But, you know, with Richard Matthews, you know, they're bringing him in as an extra piece, and maybe he might catch a few key passes here and there, but I can't expect him to be a big part of the offense. And as we've seen with other teams, you know, just because an opportunity is there does not mean anybody can 
step up and do anything. Sure. You know, it's just more extreme, but you know, look what look what happened in Dallas before they acquired Amari Cooper. You know, Jermaine Curse, if he's I, th- I think we all liked him to step up and take advantage of the opportunity, but you know, and I think now you realize that also he re- he gets a lot more defensive attention. And Jermaine Curse has always been a better NFL receiver than a fantasy receiver. Uh, you know, watching him so many years in Seattle, he would make clutch catches, but he disappeared for long stretches in terms of the passing game itself. All right, fair enough. Uh, the next thing I want to uh, mention, listen. This Oakland Raiders team right now, you know, a lot of people are struggling to figure it out. I was talking about, I was talking yesterday about how, listen, John Gruden has a 10-year, $100 million contract, Scotty. You know, so he has the, and he knows that the team is relocating. You know what I mean? So, like, John Gruden doesn't give a damn about the Oakland Raiders, or, or excuse me, doesn't give a damn about the Oakland fan base, and really doesn't give a damn about the current roster. He's not worried about this year. He's worried about, like, year two in Las Vegas, right? He's worried about having something on the, on like, with the arrow pointing up. He's worried about something that's sexy and has some buzz that people can get excited about as they move to Vegas. Vegas and that, you know, can kind of be progressing. So he's stockpiling assets. He's got three first round picks in this upcoming draft, you know, a couple of more from the Bears from the Khalil Mack trade in 2020. But we're hearing reports, listen, that the locker room is really pissed off. You know, Scott, we're talking about some of the veteran players who will go nameless here, uh, giving out quotes saying, you know, well, he's not doing what he's saying he's going to do, that he told the team he wasn't going to trade Amari Cooper, that Cooper was just pulled off the practice field with no explanation, that players were finding out about this with their phones. It sounds like the players are, you know, disgusted, are not excited, like are feeling like who's going to be next. But I don't think John Gruden cares because he's not worried about the 2018 Oakland Raiders. He's worried about the 2020 Las Vegas Raiders, right, Scott? Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. He's taking a lot of crap, you know, and they're talking about the locker room. But uh, I don't understand why some of these veterans don't understand it. You know, with Khalil Mack, yes, uh, that's a tough piece to give up. But still, ultimately, you know, you're looking for the future here. This this team was like, you know, we we said take the under, and it became quickly evident, you know, that this team wasn't going to contend. I guess I guess the Khalil Mack thing is different because that happened right before the season, and you know, maybe they felt they had a chance to be a playoff contender. But at, but at this point, you know, it's evident that they 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 just have to move on. And you know maybe maybe Gruden will will feel redeemed if the three first round picks end up being a crux of something that uh, you know yeah. makes them contend in the future. But you know the Raiders really haven't been a, a contender in uh, you know for about fifteen years now. Uh, they haven't been a a, a true uh, a, 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 a a true winning team since nineteen the nineteen eighties. So uh, you know, this franchise can continue to flounder and their reputation will always be bigger than their production. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, trusting the process is, is in vogue in every sport. It looks like the Raiders are going to go with the process as well as they move to Las Vegas. We're off and running here. Roto Experts in the Morning with Dane and Scott. When we come back, we start to look at the lines for Week 8 and see if there's any nuggets you need in each game, all right? Dane and Scott. Come on right back. 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. One, two, three, into the four. Spit statistician, the king is at the door. The back of you know what it is. Like Here it is. Woo! The SNOOP and Dr. Dre bringing you back here on a Wednesday, sliding into week eight of the NFL and the fantasy football season. I got to let you guys know also listen, we're talking NFL all the time. The World Series is underway, NHL has gotten underway, college football getting interesting, and the NBA has tipped off. And the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer, it's now available. That means you can use your same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL Premium subscribers are using to win each week. You can use those for NBA DFS contests, okay? You've heard a lot about the seven millionaires that we've made in FanDuel and DraftKings. You've heard a lot about Colin Drew, who's winning thousands of dollars left and right, back-to-back days. You've heard a lot about everybody else that is winning their leagues and winning that cash. Scotty Angle is telling you he's using those optimizers for season-long sit-start calls as well. If you are not using these tools, you are at a competitive disadvantage. Go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and enter the promo code FNTS. That's why you get a special discount. Start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Use the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Scotty, one thing I wanted to mention is like, you know, Wednesday, I say it all the time. I'm going to say it again today. You're going to start getting notifications on your phone, right? Um, I always use the DeAndre Hopkins example, although that might be a little different because they're playing on Thursday night this week. But you're going to see, oh, this person's status changed from healthy to questionable. This person's status changed from healthy to questionable. Don't panic. Remember, I say it every Wednesday. This is just the baseline of the injury kind of reports. And you got to see who's trending in the right direction as we go on throughout the week. That's why we talk to our guy, Dr from inside injuries on Friday, but I want to ask you, Scotty, are there any injuries that you saw, um, reports that you saw that really rated for you? The big ones to me, listen, we know about Albert Wilson probably going to IR, the Miami Dolphins wideouts, which is why Devontae Parker might get finally used on Thursday, which is why we talked about Danny Amendola as a potential waiver wire ad. Um, you know, we talk about Shady McCoy. We know about the stereotype, Sony Michelle. Are there any other... Are there any big injury news that matter to you that we didn't cover that people should really specifically keep their eye on? I think it was good news that Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb were back at practice. Uh, If Cobb's going to be back at practice, though, I think, you know, that definitely affects Allison's upside. And then uh, Kiki QT doesn't look like he's going to play on a Thursday night either for the Texans. Yep, I think those are good points, Scotty. The idea of the Packers wide receivers. Remember, I made that point about Geronimo Allison yesterday on the waiver run. This is a guy who missed the last two games and then had a bye. So a lot of people may have dropped him. We talk about, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Don't forget about that. Let me ask you something. Um, 
does this signal the end? Like, are should people be dropping uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling at this point? Yeah, I did last night. Uh, okay, uh, in, in one of my leagues because he's only relevant if there's other injuries there, and I think it takes at least two guys to be out there for you to right. be able to use Marcus Valdez Scantling with. Uh, with 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 any confidence though, but some great names there on that roster. You know, maybe they just drafted yeah. the guys because of their names. Marcus Valdez Ganting, Equinus Saint Brown, Saint Brown. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Let me ask you this though, Scotty. Um, I agree with you. If you're in a dynasty league, though, are you holding Valdez Ganting? I think you. I, I think you should. Well, Cobb's always right. Gonna get Cobb is going to probably so. be gone. Yeah. He, but next year, hurt, so next year isn't Valdez Scantling still the three? Seasonal. Right. You got to figure next year they're rolling out with Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and and Valdez Scantling as the three, right? Or yeah. might like is, might right? it the not three, even? The three will be relevant in that passing yeah. game to the point where maybe use him as a bye week filler. Sure. I guess my question though is: remember they had to your point about these names. You know, they had let's say the 2019 Packers. We know Devontae Adams is going to be a wide receiver one. Let's say we believe Geronimo Allison kind of continues his ascension, becomes the number two wide receiver for the Packers, and becomes like a lock, a solid uh, wide receiver three in fantasy, let's say, right? Um, there's still Jimmy Graham there. Isn't there a – like right now the, the kid up next is Marcus Valdez-Scantling. But remember, they drafted a ton of wide receivers. You made the point. Equimus St. Brown, Jamon Moore. Moore, yeah. Jamon Moore. There isn't, wasn't there also like the, the preseason darling, that guy – what was it, Kumaro or whatever his name was that was scoring touchdowns yeah. left and right for the Packers? So isn't that yeah. like – I would almost say I don't think I stash Valdez-Scantling because there's a universe where one of those other guys kind of hop him in the offseason also. Well, you know, in the Dynasty League, everything gets spread very, very thin. So I, I don't yeah. think I'd send him to the free agent list. Okay. Um, all right. So we talked about some of the injuries that mattered. There was one other one that you mentioned, Scotty, uh, that I'm forgetting. You talked about the Packers wide receivers. Um, and there was one other uh, that you mentioned injury-wise. Oh, it was oh, the Kiki QT thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I saw something, Scott. I saw a report. Um that to be quite honest, I want to I want to uh, dig into a little bit because I feel differently about it. Um, there was a report about like what Will Fuller's numbers were um, with Kiki QT in and with Kiki QT out, and they I think were trying to make the point that with QT out, people can expect maybe a bigger game from Fuller. Now, I don't, uh, Scott, and here's why. You know, sure with QT out, maybe uh, you know. Miller gets more shares or more targets, and that's possible. But honestly, Scott, I think the bigger point is what we have been talking about, that the Will Fuller routes usually are deeper routes, usually take time to develop, and Deshaun Watson does not have that time, and his eyes are not staying downfield. He's seeing the rust, and he's under pressure. So I don't know that the deep routes that are Will Fuller's forte matters. You know, um, I don't know that he's going to get those chances because of a pass rush that's coming in. Cameron Wake is going to be all up in Deshaun Watson's kitchen tomorrow. Yeah, uh, but, you know, that Dolphins defense is not too scary, I would yeah. say. Uh, you know, there's going to be pressure. But, yeah, I think you make a good point because QT is more of a mid-range, uh, high-percentage receiver where I think Fuller plays a different role. 
All right, so let's dig into that game as we start to look at the lines um, and the totals of Week 8. And while we do that, we'll talk about waiver wire potential pickups, you know, and some of the players that we think are key in these games. We start with tomorrow's Thursday night football action. Miami travels to Houston to take on the Texans. Listen, the Texans are a 7.5-point favorite, Scott. Um, total is 44 and a half. I think the Houston Texans are going to win this game. In fact, I may even consider them as a survivor bet this week. Um, I think the best one is the Bears hosting, unfortunately, my Jets, but I digress. Um, I think seven and a half is a little bit too much, though, Scotty, uh, for a Thursday night football game and for, you know, that hook. I could see a backdoor cover from Brock Osweiler. How do you see this game playing out? You think the Texans are better than a, more than a touchdown, better than the Dolphins right now? Uh, I, I think they're a the better team, but uh, right. I, I think that that's uh, a little bit of a high spread there, though. So uh, I, you know, I'll go with you on that. But hey, revenge game for Brock Osweiler. Ooh, I like that angle, a revenge game for Brock Osweiler. You know, that's a completely legitimate angle. He did uh, suffer. I mean, although he had like $72 million out of it. So that's not that's not a horrible thing. On this it's Miami a revenge side- game for the Texans. That's right. I think that is kind of a better option right there. On the Miami side, listen, Frank Gore like was a little bit banged up at the very end of the game, but it doesn't seem to be anything that's really going to bother him. Kenyon Drake is out there. We know there's a kind of dearth of wide receiver talent there. We mentioned Danny Amendola. Like, are you is who's going to get the production here? Is this a Kenyon Drake kind of game? Uh, I mean, when you look at the stats right now, it's like. You know, Pusey gets a lot of sacks, but uh, you know they're they're not too good in the secondary right now, uh, or have been all season. They're, they're middle of the road when it comes to passing defense. Uh, you know, they rank they rank 14th in the NFL. So, you know, so they can be vulnerable. Amendola's really woken up with 14 catches last uh, last two weeks, 84 yards and a touchdown. He's uh, got a shoulder injury. He's expected to play. You know, it seems like that's Brock Osweiler's goal-to guy. Albert right. Wilson is is uh, he's you know he's going on IR like you like you said, but I don't know if there's anybody else that can step up there. You know maybe Jakeem Grant shows up like once every five weeks like he does, but uh, I don't think yeah. there's anybody else that you could like. And yeah, yeah, you know maybe Kenyon Drake is a guy uh, you know that gets involved here because they can throw him out of the backfield and they really don't have a reliable number two receiver. Although although Kenny Stills you know will get involved here and there. He scored last week. But it was just one catch for five yards. Uh, you know, Houston's pass defense. You know, something something that's vulnerable, something they can take advantage of. Uh, so, but I, I don't expect I don't expect Miami to uh, you know really do much. I mean, Houston's defense is not terrible pass wise. They rank eleventh against the pass, but they both teams should be able to get some defensive line pressure. Yeah, let me ask you about one other guy in this game. It's a guy that we haven't really talked about much. Um, A guy who was um, hyped coming into the draft as a matchup nightmare. We know about how bad the tight end position is, and we know how sometimes tight ends kind of ascend throughout the season, especially a rookie tight end as they start to understand schemes and blocking a little bit more. There's, As we're saying, there's not a lot of playmakers left on the Dolphins. What about the tight end Mike Gesicki? A lot of people were you know, thinking about him, maybe not as a year one kind of thing. Might he have a little bit more of an increased opportunity in the second half of the year because there are no other guys still left there we're talking about Danny Amendola and Jakeem Grant for goodness sakes Mike Gesicki get more involved 
No, he's had opportunities all year long. This Dolphins pass-receiving crew has been mediocre since the beginning of the season. He's done absolutely nothing with it. He doesn't look like he's ready for any sort of role. An opportunity doesn't always lead to production, and it won't with Kisicki. All right, uh, let's keep moving to this next game. The next game is back in London and Wembley Stadium. Remember, another early morning start for your, uh, what is it, like muffins and cream or strawberries and cream, whatever it is that they do at breakfast at Wimbledon. Well, it'll be breakfast at Wembley Stadium in London. And listen, Scotty, in the off season, going into the season, you had to think, whoa, this is a huge matchup that they're sending over there to London. This is a potential Super Bowl preview, people thought. These were two of the final four teams last year, but both of these teams are now under 500 this year. The defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles, go to Jacksonville in their kind of adopted second home of London, even though we know the owner, uh, Khan, pulled his bid on Wembley Stadium. But still, Eagles and Jaguars get it going from Wembley early on Sunday morning. The Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Scotty, I'm all over these Eagles. Listen, to me, the Eagles are a team who are still finding their way. Their quarterback is still getting healthy. I still think, though, that they, listen, have a lot of talent in a lot of places on their roster. The Jacksonville Jaguars, however, look like a team or sound like a team to me with inner strife, a kind of offense versus defense. They're going back to Blake Bortles, but he's got a short leash. Kessler with first team reps, things of that nature. To me, this is shaping up that the Eagles have an opportunity to get right. It sounds like the Jacksonville Jaguars are teetering on the brink. Um, Three and a half points is not enough for me to stay away from Philly. I would lay the three and a half and, and take the Eagles here, Scotty. Yeah, the NFL is always a game of changing trends. And you know, from week to week, we kind of see it like one receiver will blow up one week and then the next week he does nothing. You know, the, the narrative on the Jacksonville Jaguars for the last two weeks is, you know, that they're falling apart. You know, and football is a game of emotion. You know, that's when a team, you know, locks the doors to the locker room, has right. their players back only kind of beating thing, back against the wall, and they come out and they play better against the Eagles than you expect. And all of a sudden, Blake Bortles has a good game, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, both these teams are... You know, they're not shut down against the pass, especially the Eagles, but Jacksonville ranks 17th against the pass, if nobody's noticed. So, and the Eagles have no running game. So I think this is a this is a good Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz kind of game. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think Wentz is going to be a good start. Uh, you know, let's not look at the reputation for the Jaguars, but I think right. I think the Jaguars are probably going to come out and score some points here. It's, it, I don't think they're going to lay down and die. You know, it's it's you know the game under five hundred, and they feel still feel like you know that they could be a playoff team and that they have to save their season, et cetera. Like, sure. you know, they'll be like, okay, guys, let's come together. You know, let's put all this crap mm-hmm. behind us and go out and play a good game. And this will be closer. You just can't react to last week. Things changing the NFL from week to week. So let me ask you about a couple specific players here in this game because I hear you. And, you know, sometimes the business trip going, getting away from it all, right, and going on a business trip across the pond where, you know, it's different, could be the best thing for a team. A lot of the team bonding happens in these experiences as well. I want to dig in on a couple players. Hey, Scotty, in the first couple of weeks, you know, of the season without without Alshon Jeffrey and stuff, Nelson Aguilar was a week-to-week startable asset. What's happened to Nelson Aguilar? Is this just a case of, like, when Jeffrey comes back, he just falls down in the order and has a smaller piece of the pie or uh, something else like what's up with Aguilar well 
Yeah, it, it, he played well when Jeffrey was there last year. And early this year with Jeffrey out, he really wasn't showing up. Nelson Aguilar has pretty much reverted to the guy that we saw uh, from previously to last year. He's just he's he's not a factor right now, and uh, you know it's 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 really it's really it's really hard to say. They just they don't they don't look his way. It's it appears yeah. like he's he's not getting open. He's just he's not a factor. You know it's, it's Jeffrey and, and it's Ertz right now, and uh, anybody else is just not really getting involved. And this offense is not as explosive as it was last year. There's there's no running game this year either. So uh, you know there's. There's less offensive balance too. There's, yeah. you know, Wentz is still good, but he's not as explosive as he was last year. Right, he's not in the MVP conversation like, like he was last year either. No. On the Jacksonville side, I gotta ask you this: like, he leaves a situation. Trade for Carlos Hyde. We think he's gonna be the short-term lead dog. But if you're a fantasy owner, like, can you really be excited, about Carlos Hyde? Because you know, Leonard Fournette is gonna come back in about two weeks. Let's say. You know, and fantasy play, and TJ Yeldon is still around as well. Like if if we spin this forward, it's like weeks twelve of fantasy playoffs. You might have a full on committee with Carlos Hyde, TJ Yeldon, and Leonard Fournette. If you're an owner of one of these backs, how are you playing this? Let's say you're five and two and believe you're a playoff team. How do you play these Jaguars running backs? Like I wouldn't be excited to have anybody because it sounds like it could become a straight up uh, committee. I don't think that'll be happening. Uh, if okay. Fournette comes back at some point, he's still their featured back, and you know Carlos Hyde's role will be reduced, and TJ Yeldon will be complimentary. Until then, I think it's a timeshare. But you know, you have to think that this trade means that they're they're not confident that Fournette Fournette can return during the regular season. It's interesting. Um, right now, as I'm looking over here at. Uh... You know, at uh, George Kurtz and his column, he's actually saying, Scotty, to buy low on Leonard Fournette. He's saying that if the Jags were really worried about Fournette, they would have placed him on IR when they acquired Carlos Hyde. You know, the Raiders put Lynch on IR and stuff like that. George Kurtz is actually saying, take the chance and buy low on Leonard Fournette. I want to get your reaction to that when we come back and then we dig into the 1 o'clock games on the Sunday slate. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scotty, take the break and organize your rebuttal because our guy George Kurtz says to buy on Leonard Fournette. I want to hear your take when we come back. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority speeds in the building, as always. Hosting with my guy, El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle. Scotty, when we were going to break, I was asking about, you know, this running back room in Jacksonville. 
TJ Yeldon for like three weeks was a hot workhorse kind of ad guy. I know at one point in your in-season ranks, you had him in the top 10. Uh, they go ahead and trade for Carlos Hyde. Right, who we think is going to be this kind of short-term lead guy. But there is Leonard Fournette still hovering behind people's shoulder. This is a guy who was a first-round running back. Many people drafted very high up. Um, eventually, when he you know, rests up and is back to able to perform like whatever it is, he's perfor- peak performance factor on inside injuries, whenever that is, let's say week 11, week 12, how do you think this is going to play out? It sounds like you think it goes right back to Leonard Fournette net you know and like Hyde and Yeldon are playing like the James Conner kind of role um but you know George Kurtz is saying that buy low on Leonard Fournette he's saying if it was really a problem they would have just put him on IR they did not do that although they did go ahead and acquire Carlos Hyde uh you agree with Kurtz buy on Leonard Fournette right now or are you riding more with inside injuries like this could be a lost season well, uh, you can read this this morning on rotoexperts.com, the fantasy trading guide by George Kurtz, popular new column that we started a few weeks ago. And uh, look, George makes a valid point, but I think they're unsure if you're trying to, you know, read this from the outside. I don't think they know for sure. They did go out and acquire another another significant running back, though. So, uh, you know, I think maybe they're uncertain. And, you know, as we see with injuries, you can never tell how somebody's going to heal. You know, the team hasn't come out and said the extent of the injury, but inside injuries three three weeks ago was saying, you know, that he could miss four-plus weeks and it could be a lost season. So, uh, you know, maybe – I'm just guessing here, and that, that's all we're yeah. doing is just guessing. You know, and right now what we know for sure is it's Yeldon and Hyde, and I think that's going to be a timeshare uh, in the near future. All right, so when you say Yeldon and Hyde, and it's kind of a short-term timeshare, let's take Leonard Fournette out of the equation for now. We got Carlos Hyde and uh, TJ Yeldon. I'm going to speculate here that you see them both as high-end flex plays. Is that right? Uh, I I would see, see Hyde as the guy who's like the main ball carrier and goal line guy where Yeldon's more valuable in PPR because that's where his skill set lies. Okay, so if you say Hyde is the main guy, is Hyde a RB2 or is he a flex play? Like, are you taking, are you starting Carlos Hyde this week or are you starting, oh, I don't know, Lamar Miller? I'm not starting him this week. It's going to be his first real activity. Okay, so that's uh, what I'm trying to pin down here. What do you, so this week, this week you'd you'd start TJ Yeldon as an RB2? Yeah. Uh, No, I got to do my lineup ranks, but I don't, maybe more as an RB3. Okay, so yeah. more of a flex play. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a general sense of things. I know your your ranks will come out a little bit later on in the week, and people definitely need to get the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package to check those out. All right, next game. Now we're at the 1 o'clock games. Remember, guys, this uh, this uh, thir- Wednesday, like every Wednesday, we take both hours, okay? No blew it today, so Scott and I will continue on on FST in the following hour. Make sure you subscribe to both shows as a podcast. We keep it locked to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for the next hour as we continue to tour through the Week 8 games. The Cleveland Browns go to Pittsburgh, Scotty, to take on the Steelers who are coming off their bye. Listen, these teams faced each other in Week 1 and tied, okay? So let me ask it to you this way. Are the Browns a better team now than they were in week one? I think they're pretty much the same team in a week than they okay. were in week one. You know, 500 ball club who's, yep. you know, they, they contend better than, than, we've, than uh, some people expect. They can go to overtime against anybody. 
Yes. You know, and <laughs> Pittsburgh's past defense is ranked 26th in the league. So, you know, there's going to be some opportunities for Baker Mayfield maybe as a streamer. Cleveland is ranked 12th against the pass. They tend to be opportunistic. Cause, so this could be like a three-touchdown, two-interception game for Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Um, that makes sense to me. I want to ask you about a couple people on the Cleveland side. Um, one guy I've had an eye on is uh, the tight end, David. The Njoku is on you. Um, do you see him ascending with Baker Mayfield over time here? Ascending? Uh, he already has ascended. Or do you, you think know, you the ascension his... is complete? I wouldn't say complete, but, you know, he's already, <laughs> he's already been ascending. You know, I don't gotcha. think he will be ascending. Uh, you know, you look at the game log the last few weeks, he's – he started to have a, a pretty good floor in fantasy. Uh, yep. you know, one, uh, one user was saying to me yesterday in the exclusive edge chat room on Roto Experts, uh, the Slack chat, uh, you know, who do you like the rest of the way? The Joku or Jared Cook? And I can, can we, hmm. I'm not doing this Jared Cook thing again. Right. Uh, you know, it's the Joku every week, no matter who he faces. So here's I was gonna I was gonna ask you a question on one of my teams. You know you've met my uh, you've met my girlfriend Scotty. Me and me and Alden. We are uh, the unicorn. We uh, co-manage a team. Yes. And on Lovely that couple. team, well, thank you very much. And yes. on that team, our tight ends right now are David and Joku and Jordan Reed. How would you play those two guys week to week the rest of the season? Keep them both and play the matchups. Jo- Jordan, uh, go ahead. Jordan Reed goes to waivers. Really? There might be something better better out there. Okay, He's so not you think we at all? You think we just start David and Joku on this week to week, and Reed is just like you know. I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder if tight ends are becoming perceived like kickers, like people Mm. know certain names, and they're not looking. I'm not saying you, not looking enough at the production, especially when somebody asks me who do you like the rest of the way, David and Joku or Jared Cook. Jared Cook's had two huge games and done nothing the rest of the season, and and then, then then you mentioned Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed has not played well all year long. He's just a name. There's no way you should be starting Jordan Reed. You know, you might. If somebody wanted to cut Jordan Reed right now and pick up Chris Herndon, I'd be fine with it. Interesting. Hot take. It's about production. Out of the Kings, it's, Scotty. It's, about, it's not about names. I you, hear you. You want to cut right Jordan Reed and pick up Ed Dixon, you know, who's finally going to play for the Seahawks this week? Go ahead and do it. All right, right now, Jordan Reed, right now, is the 13th highest scoring tight end on the season, at least in my PPR format that I'm looking at right now. 13th in points at tight end, right behind O.J. Howard, right ahead of Ben Watson. By contrast, David Njoku, Four, five, six, seven, eight is the eighth highest scoring tight end, actually ahead of Rob Gronkowski. You want to read, a you wanna read me points. Jordan Reed's game log from the last few weeks? Jordan Reed's game log from the last few weeks. Sure. Not impressive, Scott. Uh, since their bye in week four, their last three games, on Monday night in New Orleans, one catch, 21 yards. The following week against the Carolina Panthers, decent, five catches, only 36 yards. The following week That's against Dallas, decent. only two catches and 43 yards. Um, let me ask you this. Is There's Vernon opportunity Davis? there, and he's not taking advantage of yeah. it whatsoever. There's huge opportunity there. 
Absolutely, you're right. He has not necessarily done it. The top five tight ends this year so far, Zach Ertz is miles ahead of everybody else. Then Travis Kelsey, Eric Ebron, the big surprise, I would say. Uh, Tight end four is George Kittle. Tight end five is Jared Cook. And Scotty, I know how you say you're not doing this Jared Cook thing, that he's only had two big games. Um, He had a huge game week one against the Rams, a huge game week four against the Cleveland Browns. Hasn't gone above 50 yards receiving in any other game game. My question, though, Scotty, for you is, might there be a growing opportunity now that the Amari Cooper trade has gone down? You're falling into it again. You know, you think if you I'm believe that, it? you know, let's, let's right. not do this with Jared Cook again. It always happens. And I remember I remember this was going on with Jared Cook way back to Tennessee. He's so talented, you know. He can right. A huge game, you know. It's, and then we thought every once Bay in a while. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, every once in a while he shows up. But... You can't rely on it whatsoever. You know, if you're going to talk about how inconsistent Mamari Cooper is and when he drives you crazy, but Jared Cook doesn't get that narrative because of the two big games that 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 he's had have seemingly, you know, made him Teflon, you know, with, with fantasy players. But, you know, the production is not there on a week-to-week basis because, you know, it, the, 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 the bar is lower at tight end. But you know, give me give me a guy like Njoku any day of the week for consistency. All right, there you have it. On the other side of things with Pittsburgh, we pretty much know what the deal is here, right? With Pittsburgh, it's Big Ben at home, so we like him. We know about James Conner. Lev Bell has not entered the building. James Conner has at least another week being a workhorse, locked and loaded RB1. We know about Antonio Brown. We know about Juju Smith-Schuster. And everybody who listens to this show knows how I feel about Vance McDonald, who, by the way, is only still 40 or 50% owned. Give him a check. Let's go to the next game, Scotty. The Denver Broncos at Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Now listen, when this game was Monday Night Football and in Denver, the Chiefs did not get above 30 points, but this one is an arrowhead, so we know about the Kansas City Chief offense. What I want to ask you is actually on the other side about Denver. I want to bring up the name Cortland Sutton. Scott, and you probably know the reason why. With all these trade rumors going around, a lot of people are saying that Demarius Thomas is going to be the other kind of like skill position player that people expect to potentially be changing uniforms in the next week. One, do you think that's going to happen? I think it's a slightly greater than 50% chance that, yes, DT does get moved. Um, And in that situation... You gotta love Cortland Sutton. I mean, it looks like Case Keenum has already been looking to Cortland Sutton on like deep balls, you know, throwing it up top, fades in the end zone. And if there's no Demarius Thomas as the big outside X receiver, and Cortland Sutton is starting with Manny Sanders in two wide sets, the arrow has to be pointing up on Cortland Sutton. I know he is, you know, owned in most leagues, but are you maybe targeting him via trade even at this point? I gotta think Cortland Sutton's gonna have a big second half. I think he's a free agent in a lot of like mainstream public leagues. Huh, okay. Where you know, the, the product, production uh, ha- hasn't just been there at all. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm okay with this. This is a good call. Uh, you know, I talk about like certain running backs, like I've talked about Chubb in previous weeks. Pick them up now, get ahead of the curve. You know, I've done that with other running backs. And I think there's a good call in that vein in terms of wide receiver. Because opportunity may come, and I think he can step up and take advantage of it. So I like it. I could see them to, to dealing Demarius Thomas. You know, he looks like he's faded, and uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe last some year other, on the contract. 
yeah, maybe some other team that desperately needs a wide receiver, you know, all of a sudden could we be looking at Demarius Thomas and Mary Cooper in Dallas? You know, mm. you never know. You know, that might that right. might be interesting. Could we could we see him in Indianapolis? Yes. You know, that 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 might be interesting, but I didn't think Indianapolis is not a real contender, so you know, I in your words, uh I would I would digress about that. But uh <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, listen, but, uh, there's a number of places he could go with, with that the are Broncos, current though, playoff contenders, yeah. Yeah, with the Broncos in this game, I, I expect him to get destroyed. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But here's the question. It is a division game, and when I look at that spread, Scotty, it's 10 and a half. Um, that half point would scare me. I know the Chiefs could run away from people, especially at home. This Broncos defense, though, is not horrible. Did hold the Chiefs to 20, you know, under 30 points last time they played. Could you see the back door maybe being open, or would you lay Would you lay more than 10 points in this game? This Broncos defense played better last week because that they were looking so so bad as compared to expectations. Up until then, they still got the 19th ranked pass defense. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any way they stop Kansas City. You know, I think Kansas right. City goes over 30. I think they they cover. Uh, you know, I'll take them with the 10 and a half. Uh, and Kansas City's defense has started to play better, other than the New England game. Uh, right. Case Keenum on the road. Case Keenum's just he's not a good NFL quarterback. He's erratic, journeyman. He is who we thought he was. So. I, I, you know, they can't run the ball very effectively, uh, consistently. I, I like Lindsey, but you know, Freeman's been a disappointment. Right. Uh, I, Kansas City just outclasses them so far. You know, this 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 could be like like uh, I, I, I this this could be. I'm not I'm not comparing the Broncos to this team, but this could be like Rams Niners from last week. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit tighter than that, Scotty, just because of the evidence that I saw when they played last time, albeit, yes, that was in Denver. But let me ask you this. You are, it sounds like you're down on the Broncos' offense, and you think the Chiefs' defense is improving. We know the Chiefs can score a ton of points, but the total in this game is 55. Um, if you have a little bit more faith in the Chiefs' defense, you don't think Case Keenum can get it done, might you take the under? I mean, like 40 to 10 is still under in this game. I don't think they're going to score 10 points. You know, I think it would be like 43-24, so I'm taking the okay, over. Okay, so you still like the over. Yeah. All right, and let's, you know, we only have a couple minutes here before the top of the hour, so I don't want to dive into the next game. We'll do that on the flip side when we are technically fantasy sports today. But this Demarius Thomas thing, I'm looking at the playoff race, right? The teams that lead the division right now, Kansas City, they don't need a wide out, and they wouldn't trade in the division. New England, they don't really need a wide out. Pittsburgh, they don't need a wide out. Houston, they like Fuller and QT behind D-Hop. The Chargers, they don't really need a wide out like DT. The Bengals, they like Tyler Boyd. The Ravens, they just invested in three new wide receivers in the offseason. Miami is at four and three. They have some wide receiver issues, but do you think Miami's a team that like would see themselves as a wild card contender and would pull the trigger on something like that? I could see it. I could see it, but then again... Uh... The Dolphins' front office is not very smart either, so maybe they wouldn't do mm. it. As I look a little bit further down, uh, Tennessee? Could Tennessee use a wide receiver like this opposite Corey Davis? I think there are problems in just, like, plugging in a wide receiver. You know, they're yeah. not, they have playmakers there. and They're not getting the ball enough. Right. Okay, and then I look at the NFC. If Corey Davis can't get done, I don't know what a, what a past his prime Demarius Thomas could do. 
I hear you. All right. So I look in the NFC. The Rams don't need it. The Saints don't need it. The Vikings don't need it. These are the division leaders currently. Uh, but the division leader in the East might need one. What about the Washington football team for DT? I can see that. You know, that's, I think that's a good call. Even if everybody was healthy, I think, uh, you know, that, that's somebody to, that could fit. Yeah, and then I look further down in the wild card standings. You know, Carolina, I think, is pretty set. Green Bay, we know, is set. Tampa likes their wide receiving core. Chicago just has new wide receivers and is okay. Uh, I look at the three and three teams. Detroit is fine. However, there's a three and three team, uh, Scotty, that you know very well. What about the Seattle Seahawks for Demarius Thomas? I don't think they feel they need a Demarius Thomas. You know, they got okay. they have Doug Baldwin back. They like how Tyler Lockett's playing. Uh, okay. You know, I, 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 knowing Pete Carroll and John Schneider, I think they would look. I, I think they would uh, look for more of a big splash kind of play in wide receiver than, you know, just grabbing a grabbing a veteran who's a little bit past his prime. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Scotty, we have breaking news here. Breaking news. Uh, Adam Schefter just reported on Twitter. We have another trade in the NFL. Scott, really? just reported. Yeah, a defensive player. We'll get your reaction on the other side of the break. The New York Giants have traded Snacks Harrison. Damon Harrison, to help stop the run, has been traded to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions now adding to that front line. Maybe they are a team that sees themselves as a contender. They just traded for some snacks. We'll get your analysis on the other side of the break at the top of the hour. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 